Welcome everyone to the Voices of GAC podcast. My name is Chris Sharp. I'm your host. And today we have Coach Tia Graves on the podcast. So Coach Graves, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. So pretty much it's kind of interesting seeing how a new coach comes in and also helps develop their program. So first of all, what are some of your core philosophies when it comes to the game of soccer? Well, I think, you know, since I'm still, you know, pretty young when it comes to coaching, every year I'm learning something new and I'm always making sure that I'm growing my program in different ways and not just, you know, I don't want to be a coach that's just set in old ways or, you know, it's my way or the highway. You know, I'm always trying to learn, always taking classes, always trying to further my education about the game because every year something new comes up. But with the girls that I have now and the talent that surrounds the program, I mean, I want to say probably, I think over 70, 80% of these girls play club. So their exposure to the game is just so phenomenal to be able to, to work with these girls because they're, they're one, they're so talented. They bring so much different styles to the table. So to be able to, to coach that and then mend them in a way to where we can produce something amazing every season. We play so many different formations, not because, you know, I'm trying to throw coaches, you know, a curveball, but just because we have the type of girls that are exposed to so much and it's just fun to be able to mend them in a way like, Hey, you know, this week, let's try this formation or, Hey, let's see what this looks like. And it's just, it's just so, so fun to change it up all the time. But I mean, as far as my philosophies go, I mean, team chemistry comes first. I've seen so many teams full of talent that can't win a game because the team chemistry is just not there. And so I, I pride myself in doing things outside of soccer, team bonding events, you know, sleepovers and lock-ins and, Every Friday we do this thing, it's called highs and lows, where we just sit around and we just don't, we don't talk soccer, we just talk about other things, because there's more to life than soccer, and I want to be able to relate to them on another level. Uh, just, that just builds trust both ways, and, and for them to buy into the program, that, that's a necessity. So, and then it's, it's just, it's really fun to hear, <laughs> hear, the, hear, hear their take on some of the things that goes on, and it's, and it's good for me because, you know, sometimes I don't know what goes on beyond soccer. And it's, it's refreshing to know that, you know, at the end of the day, they are students first, you know. And so to hear like, you know, oh, you have a test in this class or, you know, this, is, this, this class is hard or this has been a struggle for me. And so to be able to mentor them and to connect with them in different ways besides soccer is something that I, I really do enjoy. So, but yeah. Yeah. And so going off that season being cut short in the spring how did that impact your developing your relationship with the players and also just establishing your culture in, in general yeah it definitely was a challenge especially last season we had six seniors all who grew up in the program and it was really tough because we were very we were very very strong core and we we were I don't know I mean I know all the girls were hungry for it and we were just had worked so hard and every year we've gotten one step closer to winning state. And this was that, that year was supposed to be our season and all the girls were hungry for it and have, had been working harder than ever. So for it to be cut short was already absolutely devastating, especially for these seniors and the senior class. But after it was announced, I was thinking, all the coaches were thinking at this point, okay, a few weeks, you know, and we'll get right back into it. So a lot of the coaches are coming up with like, all right, what can they do on their own, sending them plans. And I was sending them like workouts, you know, things to do to keep them, keep them challenged and keep them engaged in the sport. So 
when we get back, we could pick up right where we started, but you know, we all know how that turned out, wishful thinking, I guess. But um, so when it came out that we, you know, we were done for the season, I don't know. I was in denial for about a week, but I ended up doing team zoom calls once a week because, you know, as soon as that happened, we all transitioned to online schooling and everybody was very familiar with zoom and how that works. So since, you know, we couldn't practice when the sport was over for the semester, I just connected with them via zoom. So we had a team zoom every week and we basically would just talk about what's our new hobby. Cause that was like the thing going on. Like, what are we doing during quarantine? you know, how's school going? What does that look like for you? Like how, you know, how are you able to keep up with your academics? And so I was able to still connect with them, but it still was just so, it was just so different. And, and it was still kind of depressing at some points. Cause I know these girls were just, that's all they ever wanted to do was just have their senior year and play that final year for their school. And so it was still very tough, but, you know, trying to make the best out of it. Yeah. It's definitely tough for everyone around going through just sudden cancellations and plans that got arrived. But I'm glad you were there to help guide them through that moment, if you will. And they weren't just by themselves. But speaking of mentorship roles, who has been a mentor to you while you've been at GAC? I would definitely have to say Chrissy Shelton or Kochi. I don't get to see her as much as I want, but just her demeanor and her history with the school and coaching female athletes just hearing, I think I hear more about it than being able to talk to her person to person, but man, she's just so inspiring in the way that she led, she led her teams in the past and just hearing about that. And last year, one thing that she did that was just so insightful to me that she was going to do for soccer last season, but it got canceled before she could, because I also helped coach softball too. And last season during softball, I think it was before our first region game, she came in we all were in the coach's office. We turned all the lights off. Every girl was holding a softball and it was complete dark. And Christy Shelton was just saying, listen, like, you know, we're just going to do some imaginary or visualization techniques that a lot of athletes do. And she's like, I'm just, I'm going to paint you a picture with words. And I want you to sit there and place yourself in that situation and imagine success. And so as all these girls are sitting there holding this softball, feeling the seams, feeling the texture, and then, Growing from that, smelling the dirt, smelling the grass, you know, the grip of the bat, she just started painting them pictures like, okay, if you play the infield and you feel the dirt grind under your feet and you, you feel the lights that are on behind you on the field, like a ground ball comes to you, do you go back? Like she just, it was just so amazing. And I'm sitting there with goosebumps thinking like, oh, I'm about to go play. Like it really brought me back to where I played in college and feeling those emotions and, and that, oh, it was just so amazing. So she did that for about 30 minutes. And, you know, when, when the girls thought that we heard the lights were going off, I'm like, most of these girls won't get anything out of this. They're probably just going to fall asleep. And so she turned the lights back on. She then went in to talk a little bit more about, you know, you need to visualize success because if you don't believe it, who else will? And it was just a really great message. And these girls, like just watching them absorb everything she was saying was just so insightful and empowering me. Like, I'm just like, holy cow, like I'm ready to go do something. So she just, it's just amazing how she can just, connect and have these girls think of themselves as a powerful female and not just like, oh, I'm here to play sports. And it was just so fun to hear it and watch that. So anytime I get a chance to hear from her or when she speaks at all or devotionals, like I just, oh, I, I absolutely love it. And so I'm, I've learned from her from afar, you know, I'm not able to see her as much because she works in elementary, but yeah, every time she speaks, it's just, it's just so fun and insightful for me as a coach. That's amazing. Visualizing the game and also emphasizing that love for the game. 
And speaking of that, what do you love the most about coaching? And then how did that lead you to GAC? Um, man, coaching has been quite a ride. To start, I really didn't think I would start coaching this early. I had already always had a dream of playing at the next level. And after I played at college, I played professional for about a year before I hurt my knee. And I really thought I'd be able to bounce back from that. But, you know, those, those teams don't wait for, you know, you to heal. They just get younger and newer players. So I was kind of forced out, which was fine. I was like, I'll just start my coaching career early. And, and man, it, 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 was, it was a challenge just because, you know, you – as a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do was coach and be involved in sports. And I think I, when I had that dream, I made it sound like so perfect, like nothing go wrong. Like, how could you hate coaching? How can there be anything wrong with coaching? And of course, like every job has its ups and downs. And so when I first started, I was so close in age to some of the girls I was coaching. It was hard to draw that line between coach and player. And it took me a few years before, and I'm, I'm even still working on that now just because I'm such a competitor, but um, it, I, I still have challenges with that to this day. But man, I'm every year, every season, I'm learning new things and growing. But I started coaching club in Warner Robins, Georgia, and I was coaching a boys team and a girls team, which is quite, uh, quite, uh, quite a journey. <laughs> very, very different. You, did, you definitely cannot coach them the same, but it was very fun. And and I started putting out resumes for coaching because at the end of the day, coaching college was my dream. And sure enough, I was able to hit the ground running. I had sent out a few resumes and I got a job at Middle Georgia State University. And I was able to coach there, the soccer program, for three seasons. And uh, the coach that was there, he was from Ireland. He was kind of one of those old-fashioned coaches set in his ways and didn't really – Uh, indulge in like you know the weightlifting the conditioning and the nutrition side of like sports which now are such a big deal and so when I came in I introduced a lot of small things just to kind of change the culture and a lot of the girls decided to buy in and back to the chemistry thing I was telling you before he had recruited girls from all over the world I mean all over I mean I mean almost I think almost every continent was represented I mean we just had such diversity on that team and so much talent but there, there was no chemistry and there was so much drama and they weren't able to win a game. I think when I first came in, they had started their season, but they, I think we ended up winning like three games my first season. And then trying to change the atmosphere and the culture, you know, introducing like team bonding and just getting to know each other. And that year we ended up uh, having a winning season and being ranked top 25 in the country. And it was such, it was such an awesome turnaround. And a lot of the girls, once they realized, you know, it's, it's more than soccer, it, it, it just, it just blew up from there. And, ever since I'd been there, that culture and that expectation of like the team chemistry, the bonding, doing things outside of soccer was not no longer like taboo. It was something that was just in the, it, it was always there every year. And so even after I left to this day, uh, they still have those same team bonding and team chemistry activities. And, you know, every once in a while they'll call me like, Hey, do you have anything else that we could do? And um, I actually had a phone call two weeks ago about getting ideas to do something different. And so it's, it's fun to see that, they've bought in so much that they want to continue it because it's just, it's such an important piece to the game. So I was there for three years and I thought this is what I wanted to do. The head coach was ready to retire and I was going to take over. Um, but I was, I had been dating my husband now for about, I think it was like four years and he was still in college and he proposed. And then we decided that we were going to move to Atlanta. So I had to uh, leave that job at middle Georgia state 
and moved to Atlanta in the summer after we got married. And I didn't have a job, I had no direction whatsoever. I was actually a, a Lyft driver for about six months before I found a job just because, you know, I, I, I was even trying to get part-time jobs like, you know, Chick-fil-A, Dick's Sporting Goods, I mean, anything. And, you know, and they're just like, oh, you're overqualified. And I was like, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I just need some something. And I, I got so many like rejection letters, like, oh, I had never been so sad. I was like, oh, I just want to work. And so GAC's coach at the time here for soccer was Giuliano, and he was leaving to be the head coach at uh, Georgia Gwinnett College. Um, my husband found out about it because he, he, because he actually grew up here going to campus. So we had a lot of family friend ties kind of in GAC. One of them was Tom Jacquet. Uh, the Jacquets were really good family friends with his family. And he emailed Tom Jacquet and said, hey, listen, like, you know, I just got married. My wife just got done coaching college and she's looking for a job. And we know how good Tom is with emails. And if he's listening, I'm sorry, I'm not calling you out. But <laughs> a few months later, he actually got back and said, yeah, like, you know, we're looking like have her send a resume and let's get her in here. And so... And then that's the rest of the story. I mean, I was uh, put up for the job and I was selected to take over the program. And it's been a, it's been a fun journey ever since. Now we have some quick hitting questions real quick, some fun ones. So what's your go-to snack in the Spartan store? Oh, well, I don't ever go to the Spartan store really <laughs> to pick up gear, but um, man, if I have a sweet tooth, any kind of like, let's see. I guess like they have ice cream over there. There's little ice cream sandwiches. Like I think yeah. I, I really enjoy those. Um, if I'm looking for something sweet, if I'm looking for something that's not really cold. I mean, any kind of candy bar, like Snickers and Kit Kat are probably like one of my favorites for sure. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So noted for Halloween. Okay. <laughs> and, and then also who is your favorite soccer player or players to watch? Oh man. Well, I, <laughs> I'm quite a super fan of like all professional sports. So it's kind of hard to just pick one. Right. Um, I think for, uh, if I'm looking at female soccer, Julie Ertz, or she was Julie Johnson, but got married to Zach Ertz, tied in for the Eagles. Just her passion for the game and the fact that she's not afraid to like showcase that her and her husband are Christians, because I know that can be difficult for some athletes, especially with a lot of her teammates, like, you know, not necessarily living in sin but just doing some things and like it's it I mean I'm sure that's a challenge for her to come out and say like I believe in Christ and I believe this is right this is wrong and so on and so forth and uh, the foundations that her and her husband have started it's just been really in, enlightening and very insightful and empowering for me because you know here like being in a Christian school it's not hard to you know you know uh, talk about your faith but I know when I coached at that college it wasn't a Christian school and um, it was difficult for me to try to reach out to my girls in a way because I wasn't allowed to pray with them on the field. That was, I would get in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> so that was a really, that was really different for me. So to, to see someone like her, not afraid to showcase her faith, even in the atmosphere that she's in is, is very, is, is awesome. So, so yeah, Julia Ertz, I guess. So we were playing pickup basketball faculty game and you had a nice pump fake one dribble in hit a nice mid-range right over me and so I kind of realized I was like okay you know you got some game here but also you mentioned softball before so how many different sports have you played and which one's your favorite oh man um so in high school I uh I played uh, softball basketball soccer and track and then I went to college on scholarship for softball and soccer 
I actually played basketball for the college for a semester because they had just started their program and they needed a few extra girls. So I jumped in there for about two weeks and then the athletic director found out and apparently that wasn't allowed. So uh, <laughs> I kind of got in trouble for that. So, but I didn't know. So no harm, no foul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I played uh, four sports in college and I really couldn't decide on one. So that's why I played two, but but yeah, basketball, the school at high school I went to was a, a basketball school. So I've, I've got probably the most hands-on training in that sport. But as far as like my favorite sport, honestly, I, my girls ask me this kind of often and it's, it's whatever sport is in season. Um, just because I, I mean, that's just, yeah, I'm just, I love competing in anything that's playing right now. I've, I want to play it, but I definitely have the most experience in softball I was introduced to that very young just because you know I'm I'm from a town called Lizella and there's not a lot of different sports around there I mean even for soccer I played club soccer you know until I was like I think I started when I was like eight years old and I didn't play on an all-girls team until high school because we were such a small town there we had to play co-ed because there wasn't enough girls interested so I actually played co-ed club soccer till yeah till high school <laughs> I totally vibe with the feel of whatever's in season, we're rolling with. Well, right now, it's kind of interesting because every sport's in season, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> it's been a complete overhaul. Exactly. Overhaul it's sport. definitely an overhaul. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Coach. And I appreciate you sharing your story and also diving into GAC soccer program as well. And definitely thank you for coming on. And uh, looking forward to speaking with you and seeing what's happening next season and hopefully in the spring. Oh, absolutely. Looking forward to basketball tomorrow morning, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Coach, you have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me again.